the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Lloyd's List Podcast. I'm Linton Nightingale and today I have two gentlemen with me from Lloyd's List. I have our Chief Correspondent, Richard Clayton, and our Senior Reporter, Anastasios Adamopoulos. Hello. Hello there. One of the most interesting conversations I had uh, this week was with Egil Haugstahl, who is the president of Kongsberg Maritime. Uh, and I was asking him about how you recruit um, the next generation to our industry. Uh, surely shipping is one of those subjects nobody really wants to get too involved in. Yep. And he says, well, this isn't a shipping industry. This is a, a technology and an engineering industry. So he sees uh, what we do as problem solving. So they have this very clever scheme, there's an annual competition, so every year they invite people to get involved in um, solving a problem that they set for the students. They're given eight hours uh, to do this particular project and at the end they mark it and see who comes up with the best solution. And obviously you follow the students and see how, how well they do and, and maybe some of those come back in. There's also a summer school that they run and they bring in a hundred students and give them uh, training in uh, the engineering projects that Kongsberg gets involved with. Uh, and a thousand people apply for this. A thousand mm. students wow. apply and they choose the best a hundred. Of those, there's a wonderful opportunity to bring people in. And he was mentioning things like finding protein in seawater. Okay. Okay. Now you wouldn't think that's a shipping thing. And he says, no, it's not shipping. This is about ocean engineering. So if, if Kongsberg is thinking of the sea as the core platform mm. of what they do, mm -hmm. we should stop perhaps obsessing with uh, a floating box that carries a cargo from here to there. It's, it's a much bigger opportunity. Um, of course, Kongsberg bought uh, Rolls-Royce Marine this mm. year, so mm -hmm. they've mm -hmm. got you know much more... Uh, capability uh, mm. than they had before but I think uh, Mr. Haugsdahl really impressed me with some of these ideas that he had coming through. Absolutely. Yeah and I think the to that point I think this week there was a lot of focus on the ocean ecosystem aspect of, of shipping and how it's just one part of it instead of you know the traditional view of, of the business as like an isolated as an isolated sector and I mean we um, attended a whole conference basically which had you know, these ex external speakers who aren't really from the industry mm -hmm. um, mm. but had a more of a macro perspective uh, you know we had futurists we had um, the yeah. economists and, and that so they brought they wanted to bring in that sort of uh, feel to the week and I think they did that, I think, in any event you attended, which was about the environment or decarbonization. A lot of mm. it was just um, just that. Just It's about challenging what yeah, we do. Exactly, yeah. and it's about looking at it from a much more wider perspective than just, okay, how does the ship of the future need to look like? Mm. So, yeah. At the beginning of this week, um, the Norwegian Prime Minister spoke. Um, Richard, I know you were there, and what do you think of the way that yeah, she kind of set the scene, I thought, for this week? Well, I think that was a very interesting comment. What, what Erna Solberg was saying was, um, Norway is a leader 
in uh, in this the whole green environment thing. Mm. Yeah. And as a prime minister, she wanted other countries to take from their lead electric um, vehicles and vessels and the whole the whole project of mm. reducing uh, emissions. Now, the following day. Uh, I went to Africa at Nor Shipping, and I don't think many people did. A lot mm. of Africans went, but not many Europeans, which is a real mistake, because mm. I think okay. you should, we should try and mix up what we hear and who we talk to. And if you contrast what uh, Mrs. Solberg was saying about reducing emissions, this is the key thing, and follow mm. our lead, there's a, a, a young lady stood up in this Africa at North Shipping uh, conference and she was talking about how can we bring in the next generation of seafarers, African seafarers, mm. because they yeah. can't afford to go on a training course. They can't afford mm. to come to Europe and train and there aren't the, the kind of training courses they need. And her point was, in Africa, many people worry about where the next meal is coming from. Mm. Okay, How are you going to feed the children? How are you going to educate them? How are you going to keep the job that you've got going? Because it's, it's often not up to them. And it's, it was so stark to me. On the one hand, Norway is driving the emissions reduction mm -hmm. uh, momentum. Wonderful. And then telling African countries to follow. And Africans are saying, no, that's not on our agenda at all. It's way down. Mm. So one of the lessons I learned from North Shipping is that we can't just say everybody together is working in one direction. We've got 174 countries at IM, all with different agendas. Mm. And yes, we'd all love to move towards the emission reduction, but perhaps for some mm. countries that's a bit lower down the, the scale. So yes, I mean, this week Norway has been setting the benchmark, I guess, with lots of these different green solutions and this also comes at the same time this week but back in London um, the IMO safety committee um, we've been looking at rulings on autonomous ships which has been a big subject here at North Shipping this week and Anas I know that um, you've spoken to quite a few people about this this week yeah I mean uh, interestingly enough um, you know Richard was just talking about the you know some of his observations around seafaring in Africa but in Japan um, the situation is quite the opposite. Obviously, Japan is uh, known for having an aging population, um, and effectively, there is this push, primarily spurred by their largest non-profit in the country called the Nippon Foundation, mm -hmm. which is a huge organization that is uh, actively trying to push government and companies in Japan to develop autonomous ships for uh, at least domestic shipping. And mm -hmm. they just, you know, they recently released this report uh, about effectively how that would look like and how that would affect their economy. And they calculated that if if that did happen by 2040, mm -hmm. it would impact around nine, um, yeah, nine billion of their domestic and uh, nine billion dollars uh, of the domestic economy. So there, you know, their argument is we've got an aging population um, are, you know, 50 percent of the 20,000 domestic seafarers that we have are over 50 years old, so they're also aging. Mm. So w that is basically, autonomous shipping is basically something we need and they're pushing them specifically f to develop unmanned ships and they want to have that. They want every, they expect based on their, uh, based on this committee that they developed, 
that by 2040, every new build that comes into the domestic industry in Japan right, okay. is going to be um, <clears throat> unmanned. So we will see, obviously, you know, there's a lot that needs to be done in the meantime as far as technological development and you know, business uptake. But it's interesting to see that in that country, that's... You know that's a, mm. a serious, quite a serious mm. issue at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and back to your point about Norway setting the benchmark. Obviously, um, Norway is has that uh, reputation along with some of its neighbors for mm. facilitating testing of uh, autonomous ships. So there, you know, I spoke with this foundation's uh, mar um, maritime chief, and he was saying, "Yeah, we do need to learn from all these countries uh, and take a page out of their book." One of the interesting observations at NOR shipping is that uh, autonomous does not mean unmanned. Mm. Uh, and they say this over and over again. Now, I have a problem with this because when you have to look at the word autonomous, it means the machine goes by itself. Mm. So it is unmanned. Now, I understand completely that you don't go from fully manned to fully unmanned in one hit. What you do is you move through a series of stages and IMO have created four stages and at the moment we're still at stage one. Mm -hmm. However, I was on a stand, lunchtime-ish, a lot of people there and in fact it was an extremely busy stand and uh, I was talking with two or three other people and somebody else came in and I said what's for you the biggest thing? He said oh we were talking about unmanned shipping, mm -hmm. the industry doesn't need people in the way that it used to. And I thought, how ironic that is. Here is a shipping show where people come to meet and to talk and to shake hands and to share their cards. Shipping and the ocean industries are people industries. Mm. This is how it works. So unmanned, you can talk about that if you like, and I understand the technology, but you mustn't get rid of the, the talent that we have in our industry mm. and that ability to interact between one and another. Uh, it's not unmanned, it's a people industry. Yeah, mm. and I guess there a lot of the counter argument always to the, let's say, to the implication of unmanned shipping, which is fewer people mm. involved in the industry, is always that these jobs will move to the shore in, in control think, centers and that sort of thing, which remains to be seen, you know, to what extent that is actually uh, true. I'd say if you, I don't have an unmanned, let's say, 40 years into the future, a huge, let's say, 18,000, 20,000 TU container ship mm -hmm. that is unmanned. If something happens out at sea, let's say, you know, an engine breaks down or whatever, there has to be people on board right. because you can't just have this huge asset floating around at sea that could collide or. So there's got to be people on board and there has to be, these people have to be trained still with these old skills. So it's not, as you say, Unmanned, there'll still have to be people on board, mm. and this, you know, this is something that people have to realise. Mm. Yeah, and I think mentally, no one—well, no one—I won't say no one—but there are very, you know, the majority, I'd say, in this business are not ready uh, to accept that. Mm. You know, it's yeah. a possibility that That's we will right. have ships without anyone on board. So, I think it's baby steps, but it is interesting that some yeah. countries or some voices are pushing it uh, for it to come a lot faster. But, but one of the great things about North Shipping is, is this kind of conversation that we challenge each other. Um, 
I bet if we went back 10 years, we'd been talking about something completely different. And that was really what we were really you know, focused on. And now we're moving into this space. And I think in two years time, when we all gather together in 2021 at Nor Shipping, there'll be a completely different agenda. So mm. uh, I've enjoyed this. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. It's always uh, it's always good to be here. You always come out with something, come go away with something very different. I think that's the whole point of the week, yeah. We've had a very good week. And actually, it's a nice little segue to end this podcast because you can actually catch up on the Lloyd's List website of our own special North Shipping landing page. So if you want to catch up with any of the news that's happened this week, of course, you can go to our website. Um, gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, that's all from us, and goodbye from Oslo. <laughs>